Welcome to the Boonville Worship Center Sermon Podcast. This morning, God is in the renovation business. Not somewhere else. Not generally, oh, he's just kind of in the renovation business. This morning, he's in your renovation business. There have been some changes you wanted God to do in your life, to make in your life, changing you, transforming you. Because you've seen the house in your mind, the finished product in your mind, and you've said, that's what I want. But you're still living in the old house with the stuff and the broken thing and that one thing in that one room that never works. And the dysfunctional house. And you may be here this morning and you're saying, God, do the renovation. Your eyes are closed and you're worshiping God and you are completely open to God renovating. Because if you're not open to Him renovating, He's not going to renovate. And and we stand there and we worship and we're standing there and worshiping and saying, God, renovate, renovate. And nothing doesn't. And all of a sudden, we open our eyes and we see that God's standing there with a sledgehammer handing it to us. He's saying, you tear these things down. I, You see, I gave you the sledgehammer. I want you to tear them down. And if you've ever watched those renovation shows, they're all nervous before it happens. Like, oh my gosh, can I actually do this? And they get tired of it, of living in the old house and say, I'm ready for the new house. And they just unleash. And there's a release. So it's wonderful to say, God, come do this. But he's saying, you take the step. You take the step. And we'll see y'all at the final reveal. desire you as the one thing in our life. In our heart of hearts, God, we know deep down you are the one thing we need to satisfy every longing of our heart. But God, just as Gary came up earlier and was talking about the, the restoration and the sledgehammer you've given us, because God, we sometimes build for ourselves rooms and ways of living that is not your ways God so I ask you father for a holy violence in our lives to tear down the things that are not of you in our lives God I pray for your holy gaze to be upon our hearts that we could see with clarity God our ways God, I pray, give us grace to take that sledgehammer, God, and be really honest with ourselves. Any ways of bitterness, any ways of anger, any ways of jealousy or envy or gossip or lying, God, any way that is not pleasing to you, God, 
Let us take that sledgehammer and break down those ways of living. They are not for us. I thank you, God, that you have opened the way into your presence, into your kingdom, and it is a kingdom of peace, of love, of no selfish ambition whatsoever. You have called us to be kings and priests, sons and daughters. Thank you for our inheritance, God. Let us live in the fullness of what you have given us. So I thank you today, God, for your gaze. Thank you today, God, for the equipping that you've given us to tear down the walls that we have built in our lives that are not of your kingdom. We bless your name today, Father. In Jesus' name. I'm going to preach for just a little bit and then I'm going to have our, uh, some of our uh, prayer teams that came uh, forward last Sunday. I'm going to have you guys come forward in just a little bit. And um, I just want you to know that there's help for what you're going through. Just want you, I want some of you to know there's some help for what you're walking through. And um, partnering with people or two or more gathered together in His name. Amen. And so, I just want you to know here in just a little bit, I'm going to invite you to come and no matter what you've been carrying in your life or what you've been going through or what kind of obstacles have come into pass here recently, I'm just going to invite you to come and, and just receive prayer. How many will just believe for breakthrough in those areas for some families and some individuals that just need the strength of the Lord? Amen. So I'm, I, just, I really feel that. That's not my sermon. And that's okay. Um, but, but I just want you to be, be ready for that. And um, how many are thankful for Holy Spirit? Amen. You know, there's a lot of emphasis on Holy Spirit and, you know, um, just the power of the Holy Spirit, just the comfort of the Holy Spirit, um, His gifts supernaturally flowing through us and, you know, just, just the, just the, His, just the presence of the Spirit of God and, um, he reveals the deep things of God to us. Isn't that awesome? You know what we're often not excited about with Holy Spirit? Is that He convicts the world of sin. We love to move in the Spirit. We just don't like to be convicted by the Spirit. I believe that the Holy Spirit's going to bring some conviction. I believe that God's put the sledgehammer in your hands. Come on. So I believe that God's put the sledgehammer in your hands and you got those rooms in that part of your life that you know needs demoed, and this is what's about to happen. I need you to pay close attention. If you'll invite the Holy Spirit to reveal and convict you right now, I believe the Holy Spirit's going to put marks on the walls in those rooms so you know right where to apply the sledgehammer to. How about we disagree about that together? Because you want to talk about... You know, it's one thing to come in and just feel refreshed from the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then we walk around like, oh, then that just felt good. I had goosebumps on me. Well, I'm thankful for that. But I'm going to tell you what, if you'll allow God in that sledgehammer and the Holy Spirit to mark the walls, and then you begin to hit those areas with the help of the Holy Spirit this morning, I believe He'll tear those things down. And you won't just walk out of here feeling good. You walk out of here changed in Jesus' name. 
And so I just want to say that. I want to thank our men. I know many of you men were unable to attend our uh, men's retreat this weekend, and we honor that. We, we know that there's always scheduling conflicts, but I just want to really honor our men. Man, we had an amazing Friday night and Saturday. It exceeded my expectations so far, and I knew God would show up. I knew that last week I was really busy, and I needed to prepare, and I came one night, and I stayed late, and man, I, just, I heard the voice of God for our men, so I knew it was going to happen, but what I couldn't do, what I couldn't do is prepare the men's hearts to receive that word. But I'm going to tell you what, they were ready. And uh, I was thinking, you know, come church service time Friday night or even Saturday morning, you know, we're going to have to go gather all these men from the lake, from hunting mushrooms to playing uh, whatever ping pong. I'm like, no, man, they were in that room ready to go and they were hungry and God moved and I feel like relationships. I just, I just want to give God glory, but I just wanted to say we got amazing men in this house. I mean, we really do. We, we honor you men, and, and we're behind you in your growth and your pursuit. And those men that couldn't be there, we just want you know, it's okay. We did miss you, and, uh, but, but we're just believing for God to continue to release into our men. Amen? So I want you to turn in uh, to 1 John, okay? In the back, right there, before Revelation, I want you to turn into First John, and chapter one. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and drop this on you. I'm going to preach on repentance this morning. So two weeks ago, uh, the Lord had me minister out of Revelation, preaching on how Jesus says, "Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and whosoever will open up the door, I'll come in and dine with them, and then with me." And it's this invitation of the heart of Jesus to live in intimacy with you. And then last week on Easter Sunday, was that last week? It's been busy, guys. Uh, last week, the Lord uh, gave us a word on what Jesus fulfilled for us through the death, burial, and resurrection, and that's salvation, healing, and deliverance. Wasn't that powerful? And, uh, and then today, I feel like He's just bringing this together because, guys, uh, being repentful is what puts everything in motion. So I'm going to talk about repentance. And, but I need you to hear this. I'm not preaching on repentance to expose your sin. That's the Holy Spirit's job. I'm preaching on to re repentance to expose the way out of your sin. And that's what God's wanting to reveal this morning. There's no condemnation in this house. But I believe in for there's a great heavy weight of conviction that will move us to the point where we don't want to carry that junk any longer. Amen? And the Lord's going to release into us how to, to get out of that stuff. So let's just read the Word of God for a moment. Um, I'm not real sure where I want to start at. I, I love this whole this, this first John. But let's jump in at verse 4 because I think this is the starting point of this, what I, the rest that is supposed to, about to be released. But, so in, in first John, in chapter 1, in verse 4, listen to this. And John says, hey guys, these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Amen. How many need more joy? I believe God's going to read joy, release joy, but we're going to have to step into the Word for that joy to be received. 
So he, he lays this foundation. These things I write to you that your joy may be full. And he didn't go on to say, because of God's love, you can live however you want to live and just be joyful. No, he says, he says, I write these things to you that your joy may be full. Now listen, this is the message, verse 5, uh, which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him there's no darkness at all. And so if we say that we have fellowship with Him, and then yet we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in light, verse 7, as He is in the light, then we have fellowship uh, with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all. Everybody say all. From all sin. Verse 8, if we say that we have no sin... We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all. Everybody say all. Unrighteousness. Aren't you thankful? Verse 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His Word is not in us. Let's keep going. Chapter 2, verse 1, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And He Himself is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Verse 3, Now by this we know that we know Him, that we keep His commandments. Okay, so now I'm getting into some stuff here, guys, so pay attention. Now by this we know that we know Him. By this we know that we're in the light and not in the darkness. And that's if we keep His commandments, we keep His Word, we keep His ways. Verse 4, He who says, I know Him and does not keep His commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. This is good. Verse 5, But whoever keeps His Word... Truly, the love of God, watch this, is perfected. When we walk in the Word of God and we keep the Word of God, guys, God's Word will become perfected in us. And by this we know that we are in Him. Verse 6, He who says that He abides in Him, in Jesus, ought Himself ought to walk just as Jesus walked. So I'm going to come back and I'm going I'm to talk about this just a little bit more. But who... Do you want to change is the question that I have. Like in the body of God, like do we really want to change? I know we want the benefits of the kingdom. I know we want the benefits of the, of the, of the presence of Holy Spirit. And, but you know, do we really want to change? I'm not just talking about you know, our circumstances, but you. Like you change your heart, your desires, your strength, your self-control. Like is this what we long for? Because I guess i got to drop this in, and we're going to get into some deep stuff this morning, guys. Please, please plug in and go with me, because I'm just going to help you out. There's not a single person person in here that doesn't need this word. Not a one of us. So this is for every one of us. But we've got to realize that no one changes until they come to the point where they're ready to repent. That's where it begins. I was thinking about this and what he was putting on my heart and I thought about back to John the Baptist and I thought about his anointing and calling and his from the very beginning. 
In, Ma- in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 3 and verse 2, in John the Baptist preaching, his message was so simple. It was, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Prepare ye the way of the Lord and make his path straight. This was the message. This was the Gospel. This was what was tearing down the trees, man. This is what was making the way for people that were in darkness to see the light. In John's message, it was clear. It was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then Jesus, as He comes out of the wilderness after that season of fasting and temptation, and he, he preaches his first message, his first sermon in Matthew 4.17 at the beginning of his earthly ministry. And what do you think Jesus' messages was? His first message as he stood before people and Jesus cried out and he said, repent, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Come on, church. This tells us one thing. There's no entrance into the kingdom without repentance. Doesn't matter how good you are. Doesn't matter about how many times you've gone to church. It doesn't matter about whether or not you tithe or not. Come on, guys. Whether or not you help serve. Whether or not you're, you're a generally good person as a whole. I'm telling us, we need to understand the truth today. And this truth and this message of John the Baptist and Jesus' declaration is we've got to understand, guys, that repentance is what opens up the door for the kingdom of heaven in your life. In this good. It's not real popular in our society today, is it? I'm not talking about the world. I'm just talking even about about the church. We don't want to offend people in our church. We definitely don't want to offend the 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 hot the, the 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 I'm so glad. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I caught that. It was about halfway out my tongue. But we're, we're more concerned in the church today about paying our bills than we are leading people in repentance because the last thing we want to do is really preach the truth of God's Word and confront people with the sin in their life because we don't want to lose their tithe. That's just one little bitty. I'm here to tell you that this is God's house. I am the, I, the, Paying the bills in this house is the furthest thing from my mind. It's the furthest thing from my mind. I like nature anyways. We can have church outside. Don't get me wrong. I like the building. I love the AC. It's good. I'm just saying, God called me to do what He called me to do. I'm not here to fluff you up and puff you up and help you stay where you're at. I want you to be free. I want you to be free indeed. I want the junk out of your life. I want you operating in the kingdom of heaven. And that's not just waiting to get to heaven. That's heaven coming to you now. And the only way to the entrance of the things of the kingdom of heaven is true, genuine repentance that changes your life. Come on, somebody. I'm so grateful for God's love. God does love is what covers us in those moments when we're in the pursuit of righteousness and then we still somehow fall into sin in our flesh. And it's that moment of the, the, of the job of the Holy Spirit that then convicts us and we say, Oh God, I'm sorry that I fell. Forgive me for that failure. Get it under the blood, Jesus. Holy Spirit, give me self-control to not step back into it. Do we live in a generation in a society that, that, that it's not popular? We live in a society that's, that we're, 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 where we value tolerance. 
and not true repentance. In our culture today, everyone decides for themselves what's right or what's wrong. Come on, somebody. Even the church is trying to rewrite what's light and what's dark. A measuring stick for a person's life today is what they feel often is right for them. Come on. No one else has a right to call them into question. I just want to tell this church today that's insanity. It's absolute insanity. It's a sad state because our well-being, according to Jesus, depends on our repentance. Everybody good? Repentance is essential to the healing of your soul. It's more than it's more than just a change of behavior. Biblical, biblical repentance is about changing your mind. It's about changing your purpose. It's about changing your actions. It's about changing the way you think. It's about changing your. It's about changing your your uh, uh, yourself and bringing you into an alignment with God. That's why so many people are so weary today and so heavy laden. Because really, repentance is like a, it's like a, it's a, it's a so alignment. When, when we truly repent, he br- it brings us in alignment with God. I don't know how many of you have ever had a vehicle that was really out of alignment. You know, if your tire's out of balance, it, it bounces up and down. But when your vehicle's out of alignment real bad, it pulls really hard to the left or to the right. Let me know that Jesus says, don't go left and don't go right, go straight in the pathway that straight's narrow, but broad is the path of destruction. But when your vehicle's out of alignment, it pulls really hard one way or the other. And it's like you have to, you have to intentionally grip the steering wheel and keep that thing going, going straight and keep it from veering left or right. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And it can get tiresome, right? Like you're holding on to it. But you see a lot of that even happening in the church today with people that, that you know, they, they, they want God really, but yet they're not really fully surrendering. Like we, we, we gave the Lord some, but we didn't give them all. And then in that, there's not full joy because they're not fully in entering into the kingdom of heaven. So there's just constant weariness of trying to hold your life in between the world and in between God. And you're like gripping the stealing one in your life. And it's absolutely exhausting, man. Right? And it's like God wants to, God wants to bring the church in alignment with the Lord. Repentance makes you breathe a sigh of relief where you can let go of that thing knowing that you're right with the Lord. So it's so refreshing to be in alignment with God. I'm here to tell you this morning, if you're gonna, if your soul is going to get healthy, you have to be in right alignment with God. And when you're out of alignment, repentance is the only way back into alignment. It's the only way. It's God's way. Can I? We we understand that pride is the enemy of true confession and repentance. Like at the root of it, at the root of it in all of our lives, pride, pride is the, is the enemy of true confession and, and ultimate freedom. Okay, let me just drop this. You're only as sick as the secrets that you keep. That's pretty weighty. But just to be real and be raw, there's a lot of us sitting in this in this sanctuary today that have secrets. You're only as sick as the secrets that you keep. If you want to be free, you can't walk in secrets. We're just dealing with some real stuff today. Everybody okay? 
How many know Jesus just wants you free? He just wants us free. We gotta get we gotta get out of this stuff. We've gotta we've gotta we've gotta be 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 begin to step in to God's love to the point where the, it, it doesn't where we're not living under the slide of the enemy that it's just acceptable, but because of his love, he wants to break us out of that thing. He wants you free from it. Come on, someone. Getting out of these secrets. Let me just say there there's no healing where there's pretending. There's no true healing where there's pretending. In this passage in first John and chapter chapter one and verse five through ten, to me this is this is what this is what it's all revealing in here. This, this message that we've heard declare to you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him yet walk in darkness, then we lie and we do not practice truth. What was John saying to the church, guys? What's, what's, he, what's he saying? He's saying stop pretending. Stop pretending. The church has pretended for so long. So long. We made it about an outward appearance. Men standing behind pulpits with suits and ties on and nice, polished up, shiny shoes and, 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 and elegant speeches or whatever that it may be. I think it's time that our children hear us repent. I think it should be, I think, I think, for, our, I think for this generation, look at this generation sitting on the front row, guys. In most churches, these kids are in the back and they're on their phone. But look at the young people in this church that have a heart for God. I'm telling you, I want to normalize honesty. I want to normalize repentance. I want to be normal for them to hear their leader say, I fell here. I fell here. Because if they don't ever hear that, then they're going to, they're going to uh, through their walk, have areas where they fall, and they're just going to think something's wrong with them. We need to normalize that none of us are perfect and outside of falling and sinning, but we know that we we have an advocate. Come on, guys. We need more boldness, and we need to create a safe place in the church where we normalize that when you fell this week, the safest place that you can do is walk down to this altar and tell one of the pastors and leaders, man, I don't know what happened. I don't know why I was so weak, but I did this. I sinned. I, I blah, 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 blah. Or this happened, and I know I'm carrying unforgiveness, and it's time for me to get it out. And you come down and you confess it. We need to normalize repentance in the house again. People had preached about rebuilding the altars. Rebuilding the altars. You want to know how to rebuild the altar? The whole purpose of the altar is a place to have a sacrifice. The church for too long has been crying out for fire on the altar, but there's no sacrifice on the altar for the fire to fall on. It, the, the fire, the, the sacrifice on the altar isn't our worship. The sacrifice on the altar is our genuine repentance before God. That's so good. Thank you, Jesus. I'm preaching real hard because I'm not going to be here next week, so I feel like it's safe to make y'all real mad. And Pastor Jason can deal with it. <clears throat> Come on, Jesus. Holy Spirit, mark the walls right now. Just bow your heads with me. I'm not, I'm not done preaching, but let's take it a moment right now. I, I want you young people to just close your eyes too. Come on, this is for all of us. Holy Spirit... Holy Spirit, I yield to You. 
Holy Spirit, what's in me that doesn't belong, I yield to you. Holy Spirit, I want to be real. I want to be genuine and I want to be authentic. And I want to be free. And I want the joy of the Lord. And God has given me the tool. He has given me the sledgehammer. It is in my hands. So right now, Holy Spirit, I'm inviting you into my life right now. And I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, as we begin to do demolition this morning, that you mark the walls of my heart. You mark the rooms that need demoed. You show me the very places that need to be hit by the blood of Jesus so that I can lay them things on this altar and put a sacrifice on it so the fire of God can come on it and burn it out of my life in Jesus' name. So Holy Spirit, I'm asking you, whether it's unforgiveness, bitterness, shame, alcoholism, nicotine addiction, drug addiction, uh, pornography, lust, whatever that it is, Holy Spirit, mark those things right now. And, and, And I invite you to bring that conviction. Holy Spirit, convict me of the sin that's in my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, somebody. Isn't He good? Amen. It's a safe place to confess, to repent, to get it under the blood. If it's not under the blood, then you're under it. There's no other way. You are not in control of it. I'm going to say it again. If it's not under the blood, then you're under it. And it's a shadow and a grip and a chain over your life. I told the men Friday or Saturday, I just said, get your junk under the blood. (laughs) Let's get our junk under the blood. Come on, somebody. Holy Spirit, I need to know where you want me to stop at. And I'm just trying to just get this foundation out this morning that we have to walk in the light with God and with others if we're going to be free, guys. Amen? I love that that uh, there in, in 1 John uh, uh, chapter, I think it's chapter 2. Is that right? In, let me read this. I think this is right. I think it's 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if, you, if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father. Isn't that powerful? Amen? goes on to say He's the propitiation. You know what propitiation means? It means He's the fulfillment. He was the fulfillment. He completed that. He paid your sin. He paid the debt of it. And for all the sin to come, He paid for that. It's already finished. But we've got to put it under the blood. Come on, somebody. Amen? Light always dispels darkness. Um, praise Jesus. This Scripture says if you are truly in the light with God, then you'll be broken and and contrite. And the broken, contrite person does not desire to live in hiding from others. Okay, so grab this. Openness before man is the genuine proof of sincerity before God. Openness before man is the genuine proof of sincerity before God. One of the greatest tools of the enemy is to keep us in a place where we're hiding stuff. We have secrets. Because it's so binding. A soul alignment is a soul without secrets. Obtaining a clear and clean conscience. 
We cannot walk free if we will not repent, if we will not repent from sin and bring it to light with God and with others. Come on. And in, in James, in James in chapter 5, I believe in verse 16, it, it talks about this and it says, confess your sins one to another. Who in here is a safe place for someone to confess their sins? That's it? Four of you? If y'all mess with me, I'll go back to my... I'll start all over again. Don't, don't test me. I'm asking you right now, because I want people to look around. I want you to know I'm holding my hand up. But I want you, who in here is a safe place for someone to con- confess their sin? I want you to raise it up. Who in here is a safe place? Now I want everyone to look around. Because the thing is, most everyone here with their hands up probably needs to most certainly confess sin to someone. So I just want to look around. See what we got? We have each other. Come on. We're like, yeah, you can come to me because I got it all right. Well, that's good because someone else with their hand up, we need to confess their sin. It needs to be a safe place for us to confess, guys. It needs to be okay. Because that's what's going to get it under the blood, guys. That's what's going to purify your heart and make you holy and righteous unto the Lord and empower you to truly walk in the fullness of God. Lord, let this be a place of authentic, genuine repentance where it's a safe place for men and women to confess their sin and come together again and then release. There's something powerful about confessing your sin with another brother and sister in the Lord. And then the two of you, or the three of you then, taking that thing together and lay it on the altar and letting the fire of God burn it out. The enemy's lying saying no one needs to know. No one needs to know just quietly. We don't even really like verbally give it to God. Like we don't even want to speak it out. Like if we do give it to God, we give it to God in our mind. Like we say, like I'm saying it right now, but it's like, but even verbally, come on, we need to begin to get verbal with the junk in us. That's right, we probably need to like yell it out. Like the more, like the more, like we need to yell it out. And if you got junk, you need to bring some junk and just lay it at the altar. Maybe it'll even catch on fire up. <laughs> Get the fire extinguishers out. I don't care. Come on, somebody. Isn't this good? Is everybody all right? Um, freedom begins with the repentance. Okay. Let me just touch on this. I'm, we're about to, to pray, but um, I, you, you've heard me preach on this in different ways before um, in Proverbs 4.23 where it talks about our heart above all else. Uh, guard your heart for out it, for it is the wellspring of life. Right. Well, let me tell you what. If if you've got unrepentant sin in your heart, and if if you're carrying secrets, um, you are not guarding your heart. Matter of fact, that's the most dangerous thing you can do for your heart. The condition of your heart, a soul that is rightly connected to God, is in a state of brokenness and humility. This should be the condition of our heart, not secrets, not hardened. Not, not, not pride trying to take care of ourselves, but, but the condition of our heart, knowing that out of it a spring the issues of life, guys, then, then, then it, should be, it should be rightly connected to God and in a state of brokenness and humility. Like, like there's, no, there's no freedom without honesty and there's no breakthrough without brokenness. I said there's no freedom without honesty and there's no breakthrough without brokenness. I'm going to say it again. Guys, there's no freedom without honesty. And there's definitely no breakthrough without brokenness. 
We've got to allow Him to break our hearts for what breaks His. We've got to be willing to put ourselves in a place where we can just allow the Holy Spirit to completely just break us down where there's nothing left to then where He can then rise us up again a whole and a new and a fresh and free from the things that have been holding us together that wasn't of God. Come on, someone. Psalm 51 and 17 says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and, and, and a broken and contrite heart. These, O oh God, You will not despise. Isn't that powerful? Did I have you read Romans with me yet? Well, I just want to show you this. Let's just go there, then I'll finish up. <clears throat> Romans chapter 5. Um, I may have, seems like I just read this over the last couple of weeks, but that just means the Lord's highlighting it, so we'll read it again. Romans 5, and starting with verse 6. You guys there? Because I'm going. Okay. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Everybody say He built a bridge. For scarcely a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare die. But God, everybody, aren't you just love it when the Scripture says, but God? But God demonstrated His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. Much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. That's through repentance. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, then much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. I'm just going to stop right there. This, 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 this beautiful message of the Gospel is that, is that though you are so deeply flawed, you are even more deeply loved. Like, isn't that the power of the message of the Gospel? You're deeply flawed, but you're even more deeply loved. And the more you step into the, that deep love, the less flawed you're going to be. And as more that you walk into it, the Holy Spirit's going to convict you. And the more you lock eyes with Him, the Holy Spirit's going to convict you. You need to stop trying to convict one another. It doesn't work. But I believe as we come into the kingdom and we step into that love that's greater than our mess, then, and I start walking that out, and what I, what I could maybe enjoy before, now all of a sudden with the Holy Spirit in me, and I feel that conviction because I'm wanting what He wants, all of a sudden that word or that image or this or that, it's like, ah, it doesn't feel good anymore. That's conviction. And then we walk away from it, guys. And then we just, we're like in, the, in this process of growing, growing, growing in the kingdom of God, of, of fulfilling what it said in 1 John, and that's walking the way that Jesus walked. Amen. So good. Thank You, Lord. Let me bring this back. God invites you to come into His light so that you can be free. Amen. God cannot cleanse what we will not confess. He cannot heal what we will not admit. And there is no freedom without forgiveness. Let's do it again. God cannot cleanse what we will not confess. He cannot heal what we will not admit. This is why secrets are so dangerous. And there is no freedom without forgiveness. You want freedom? You need forgiveness. To get forgiveness, 
You've got to respond to the conviction of the Holy Spirit and genuinely confess and repent because there's no forgiveness without repentance. You can make that the fourth one. You can just add on there, side note. Guys, hiding creates darkness and darkness destroys the soul. Guys, hiding creates darkness and darkness destroys the soul. Only the light of God can purge, cleanse, heal, restore, and set you free. That's it. If you want transformation, you've got to embrace Jesus. And we've got to do it His way, and that's through repentance. That was the cry of John the Baptist. That was Jesus' cry in His first message. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Come on, somebody. Isn't that so good? I think I, think I just want to start a little early on some ministry time. So, Pastor Craig, if you guys and who who you want to uh, if you want to come forward, that would be great. I'll have you guys kind of stay with me for just a minute because I want to I want to share just a couple more things. But uh this is what happens a lot of times is um when God begins to shine light into our soul and begins to try to reveal those things in us that doesn't need to be there. Our reflex reaction a lot of times is to blame or to excuse or to justify or to rationalize, to deny our sin. Amen? Because we, we live in a culture of entitlement. And entitlement breeds irresponsibility and irresponsibility results in victimization. And then we rationalize all the junk that's inside of us. Come on, someone. And today, I just want to, I just want to encourage you until we take full responsibility and ownership of our life, our hearts cannot be broken. We won't be free. Taking ownership is recognizing that we're no longer our own any longer. That we're dead to the flesh. I believe this is revival. I don't believe revival is the most amazing worship team playing everyone's favorite song and flags are waving and people are dancing and jumping and somersaulting. I believe as your pastor that this is what revival looks like. That's the result of true revival. Because when people have been bound in prison for a long time and they get out because someone paid their debt that they could never pay, they're probably going to wave a flag and do a flip-flop. Some might go ahead and do that thing. Just be careful. Know your limits. Know your age. <laughs> Thursday, I come, it was so beautiful out Thursday. And uh, I was up in my office. This, I, I'm completely distracted. I, I'm off. Just in case you know, this is rabbit trail for sure. Right at, at uh, altar time. But you guys know how I roll. But it was so beautiful. And I heard, I heard the high school class out in the parking lot. And uh, so I, I go down there and I'm saying hi to some of them. And just because I, I love our school kids, man, they're, they're a blast. I'm down there talking to them. And then I can't remember if Hallie asked me or if I asked her, but I'm going to put it on her regardless. And we're like, hey, let's race. And I think, oh, I got this. This is not a problem. Well, I forgot that I was a runner, but I'm not a runner right anymore. So I'm like, okay. 
We're going to start here at this light pole, and then we're going to run to that light pole. Just a nice sprint. Then all of a sudden, all the other kids thought, well, this is going to be great. So they come and line up, and I do a couple really quick stretches, forgetting that I'm 52 and not 22. And I'm like, I'm about to show these young dogs what's up. And so I get down on that line, and I, I race. Now listen, I almost won, guys. I'm serious. Now, I think Hallie kind of like, she leaned forward at the end just enough for her nose to cross the line before mine. But I was in the, I was in the, in the game. What they don't know is, as soon as I crossed the line, I just kept walking slowly. I didn't stop. I didn't talk to them. I just walked straight through those doors up in my office because I was hurting so bad. I pulled a muscle right there, and that is not a good spot to pull a muscle. Why did I just say all that? Does anybody... Jesus loves you and He wants to free you. I think we need to show our young people today that this is a safe place to come and lay sin at the altar. I think we need to begin today for our young people to see this is a place where we can come and not keep secrets any longer. I'm going to ask the... uh, I'm going to ask the ministry team if they would just come forward and kind of spread out down here. And if you, and if you, would, if you would like to come and, and confess to our ministry team, then that is available. If you want to come and just kneel at the altar and put something and lay, 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 a, lay an offering, lay your sacrifice on this altar tonight, I encourage you to do that. Um, kind of, kind of make room for people just to come. I don't. This I, I want to make available for you to come and and speak directly to these mighty men and women of God because they're a safe place, guys. They're a safe place. And if you don't want to do that, then I want you just to make way in between them and come and kneel at this altar. Amen. If you need healing for something, you're going through something, your heart is hurting, and you just, you just need someone to agree with you, you, just, you need ministry of your heart, yourself, or whatever reason, come and let these men and women of God know. Let them believe for, for heaven to fall in your life. Amen? Now I'm just going to close with this, and I'm going to put the microphone down. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, in whose spirit there is no deceit. David David said, when I kept silent, my bones grew old. Secrets will make you grow old. David said, when I kept silent, my bones grew old. And though though my groaning all the day long, For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I I have not hidden. I said, I will confess, uh, uh, I, I will confess 
my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. It's time to get the secrets out of your life. It's time to allow the ministry of the Holy Spirit not just to operate gifts through you, not just to give you power, not just to make you feel good, but it's time for the work of the Holy Spirit to fill one of its most primary functions and that is to pierce our heart with conviction so that we can get free and right with God. No secrets in the house and in your heart. It's time to come and lay them down. Amen? So everybody want to stand? And then I'm just going to open up this altar for you to come running. Running. I shouldn't even have to give any other invitation. Come and release. Come and release. Just come and get prayer. Come and confess. Come and lay. Unforgiveness has to go. Bitterness has to go. Anger has to go. Addictions have to go. A broken heart has to go. God, we release it to you this morning right now. Come and confess. Brokenness and a contrite spirit He receives and He welcomes and He'll break that stuff off. Come on, guys. Let's open ourselves up to the Lord this morning. Thank you, Jesus. a safe place. It's a safe place. Don't walk out with it. Holy Spirit, put the X on their hearts. Show them, show them where that sledgehammer needs to go, God. Let no one leave here bound, God. Lord, do the demolition work in everyone's heart where it needs to be done. Holy Spirit, bring conviction. Bring conviction into our hearts, God, where we need conviction, oh God.
agree, God. Break it off, God. Purify the hearts, God. Purify the hearts, God. Purify this house, God. Let this house be a house that seeks to walk uprightly with you, God. Let this be a house that doesn't live in compromise and sin, God. I pray for the boldness of the men of this house, God, that they would rise up, God, with the desire for righteousness, God, in all their heart, God, in their mind, in their ears, in their eyes, in their hearts. I declare, God, that we won't be comfortable hiding secrets, God. But, God, we'll want those things exposed because, because exposing them, God, means that we're not drawing closer to you, God. We're going to be willing to lay those things down. Oh, God, we just pray for freedom. We pray for chains to break in this house, God. We pray for people to walk free of bondage. We declare the addiction of nicotine, God, has got to be broken out of this house in Jesus' name that you shed that thing, God, for your glory, God pornography and lust and perversion, God. Oh, God, that you'll purify the minds, that you'll wash the white as snow, that you'll fix their eyes upon you, God. And from this moment forward, they'll guard their hearts from the exposure of the things of the world, God. We just release that over this house in Jesus' name, Lord. God, we lay unforgiveness at your feet, God. Though we've been hurt, though we've been offended, and though we've been broken, God, we identify that unforgiveness is a sin, and it is an open gate for the enemy to come in, God. Lord, we choose to forgive because forgiveness frees us, oh God. So Lord, we just pray for the bondage and the chain of unforgiveness to be shattered off of our hearts today, God. And we choose to forgive as you've forgiven, God. We release that to you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Lord, you know our hearts. Reveal it, Lord. Now, come now. Some of you are waiting for something. You're waiting for something to click. Come now. Come now. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. The, the sledgehammer is in your hands. This is your choice. God will not drag you forward. Come now.
give us just a moment, just a moment. I'm going to pray over all, all of us together here. But... you guys there's there's just no freedom like being free of secrets there's just no other freedom like being free of the things that we hide inside I'm gonna close here in a minute but listen if you've been holding back if there's still just one more person that has that one thing that one thing this is safe don't walk out of here with it don't go try to deal with it on your own man God ordained this moment he ordained this sermon he ordained you being here if you've got anything in you that needs to be released I just I invite you I beg you come 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 quickly and release that thing down here and get it under the blood amen get it under the blood thank you Jesus thank you God
bless you guys I was just reminded at the the first verse that we read in, in John when John began to open up this, his message on repentance he said remember he said I say this so that your joy may be full how many are going to believe that people are leaving full of joy this morning because they're free of sin and secrets in Jesus name amen so I'm going to pray that over you and I just bless you guys to have an amazing week and just go share the glory of God. Amen. Raise your hand just kind of like you receive it. Just kind of like just a prophetic. I get, I'm getting this, Lord. So, God, I just thank you for this body. And I thank you for the truth of your word. And Holy Spirit, we invite you. We invite you to bring conviction as we go, God, day by day, our thoughts, our actions. Holy Spirit, we want to be convicted. Convict me when I have a wrong thought. Convict me when I feel offended. Convict me when I feel tempted to do what I shouldn't do. Holy Spirit, I want to be so close to you. The moment I begin to, to even turn slightly, Holy Spirit, convict me and draw me back right where I need to be. So we just pray that over us. God, our desire is to be right and to be holy and to walk in obedience to your word and to walk in the light as you are in the light. So I just bless that. <coughs> I declare that those things that have been confessed are forgiven and broken out of their lives and they are leaving here in the joy of the Lord. In that, God, we give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's good to give a praise offering. I love you and bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for joining us this week. Until next time, 